Well, you can talk about film. Gotta be quicker than this. You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal or measure them all by box office appeal, but for once in your life... Be real! Welcome one and all to a mini episode of Be Real Guys. We don't play baseball, but we do occasionally sit around and talk shit. My name is Chance Solenpfeiffer. And I'm Noah Ballard. How are you, friend? Good. We just spent about half an hour talking about Husker football, so like we certainly know how to talk about sports. Yeah, we uh, we are conversant in the field of college athletics, although only sort of like the atmosphere of college athletics is important to the film we'll be discussing on today's mini episode. Everybody wants some. The uh, Richard Linklater film from earlier this year came out in the spring. It sure did. And I think it is uh, somewhere in the vicinity of Linklater's 20th feature film. Uh, He uh, is known by most people as sort of the mumblecore master of the 90s with movies like Slacker Before Sunrise, which we talked about last week, and Dazed and Confused. Uh, More recently, he's been acclaimed for movies like Boyhood and Before Midnight. Um, but this one, uh, called by Noah and most, most observers noted it as sort of a spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused. Noah, do you want to synopsize it? Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's not much synopsis to give. Um, basically we follow this guy as he comes to freshman year of college, but he happens to be there on a baseball scholarship and, um, so it's based on the fact that I was reading a little bit about this. It was based on the fact that in that in the freshman year, uh, Richard Linklater went to school. They like accepted more people than usual, and they like built this, but the stuff wasn't ready for people. So they ended up putting putting them into like community housing and stuff, mm-hmm. and like renting out motels and things to like put these students up that didn't have a place to stay. So it's based during this particular year that all the students who would normally be in dorms were put in houses together by like their distinction. And they happen to be put in a house for baseball players. Cause he's there on a baseball scholarship. Yeah. We should say it's set in 1980 in Texas. It's based on UT Austin, but it's not Austin because they reference Austin. But anyway, we follow this young man who comes to school and like meets these crazy characters uh, of various ages and, positions in baseball and they all just kind of hang out for a weekend leading up to the first practice of the baseball team and then ultimately uh the first day of class this ain't high school man we had a new level here you have not earned teammate status yet who the hell are you oh uh, jake bradford and until you do you're nobody excuse me yeah yeah bye like to introduce you to the new guys. In terms of the tone of the movie, it's both like very meandering, but at the same time, it's sort of like one, <laughs> it's sort of like one big woo, um, with like just all these guys, just like this testosterone and idle hands, um, with nothing right. to do really except party and like play semi-violent uh, games around the house. Well, that's like the ulti- that's ultimately the point that sort of arises from putting all these baseball players together is that really what holds them together is near constant competition. Right. But that also makes for a very interesting like vignette style movie where it's like, hey, let's put like 
a whole lineup, so nine guys in a position where they shouldn't be, A, and B, they figure out how to turn it into some competitive sport, and let's just see what they do. And I think the results are, like, pretty hysterical. Yeah. What are your fa- What's your favorite, like, dynamic in the social group? So the Finn and Jake relationship, like, really reminded me of the me and you relationship, and I'll explain. Great. Um, like, I think, like, so the guy is sort of, like, he, so he, at the beginning, he, like, needs someone, Jake, to, like, guide him through this world, both in the narrative sense and, like, as a character in human drama. And so he, like, attaches to Finn, but then, like, ultimately Finn becomes, like, a caricature of a mentor who's, like, ultimately full of shit. Yeah. But, like, he's also a human being who Jake can be friends with. Uh-huh. So I felt like that was, like, similar to our dynamic. That's funny. But I took I took you under my wing, but then you quickly established that like I probably should only listen to twenty five percent of the things he <laughs> says. Um, it's a quintessential sort of college movie, but there's something very specific about these baseball players, right? They're sort of just taking life as it comes to them. Like the next pitch is coming. Like don't overthink it. Going with the flow. Is that fair to say? Well, yeah, they're strange in that way, and they're also strange in the fact that, like, baseball players don't necessarily, they're not required to do a lot of, like, physical exercise. Right. So, like, you have this weird dynamic of people who are living their lives in a very athletic mind, Mm -hmm. but, like, they don't need any of the discipline to, like, be a football player, (laughs) like a track star, so they end up just, like, throwing apples at each other and seeing if they can (laughs) cut it in half with an axe. Yes, exactly. It doesn't seem like anything has ever been asked of these guys, and they're just kind of naturals at everything. Uh, Right. But there are some people on the team outside of the starting lineup, some of them newcomers, some of them transfers, who are like really not good at performing the level of ease that these guys have. And so they say really funny things like uh, trying to fit in at the bar. This guy yells, cheers to the beers. Um, which like they all side eye him for, or like when they're making, there's this, uh, there's a country boy from West Texas who they, uh, they call Buter. They make fun of him. Um, and it gets very clear where like the ribbing is going and he has to go back to his, uh, town cause his girlfriend is having like a pregnancy scare. Um, and they've sort of like made fun of him out the door. And then one of the losers is like, your life fucking sucks. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so too far and everyone knows it. That might be my favorite sort of social glitch. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's really smart. Well, that, like, that's ultimately where the drama arises in the movie. And I was trying to figure out, I watched it with some friends over Labor Day. Uh, so that was a couple weeks ago already, but we all watched it together and Afterwards, we were sort of discussing, well, like, what's the plot of this, or what's the conflict of this movie? Mm -hmm. And the conflict, it's not, so I read some interesting reviews about it, and I think I've landed that the conflict, the big overarching conflict is guys trying to slow down time. Mm, That's interesting. And, but like, but then like the way we get there is fascinating because it's pieced together sort of puzzle, like with these little instances of, you know, who has the power in this moment, you know, these freshmen are going to constantly like want to fit in and be seniors and they're going to spend the whole time being seniors. And then when you get to being a, you get to be a senior, you're constantly thinking of like, oh shit, this is almost over. Mm. Like, what am I going to do? what am I going to do now? So they like take on these sort of fake and like those questions and conversations they had about like, 
you know, the scout being there and sort of implying like, oh, yeah, we're going to go pro. This will go on forever. But it's sort of guys trying to understand forever being finite. Yeah, I think that fits in really well with your uh, thought about the before movies last week is that Linklater just like picks interesting times to look at uh, young men and like where their masculinity is. Well, yeah, I mean, just take you can take like sort of these abstract nouns and turn them into, I think, for him, like really interesting studies in what those words mean in terms of like space time. Mm hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, boyhood, like, what does the word boyhood mean? Well, I'll show you in a movie that I'm going to take, th- like, 13 years to shoot. And it's this forever that exists in this sort of abstract word, but ultimately you can't hold on to that. Yeah. And I almost think that that is running through at least most of the movies of his that I've seen. More than, like, about college, it's kind of, like, about a social ideal at this time, like a pre-breakfast club social mm-hmm. ideal. This idea, it's so interesting to hear... Linkletter in interviews talk about like this movie being pre-Reagan and like what a drag that was for everyone but like when you're watching the movie like there's no hint of like you know American epochs coming and going but he did think of this as like a time where someone could slide in and out of these like jock art punk circles in it that was best for the person um, and it was kind of a beautiful thing I think is what this movie is espousing. So Linklater is known uh, in those 90s movies for kind of, maybe if launching is too strong a word, but just like providing some serious bricks in the foundation of careers of Matthew McConaughey, Ethan Hawke, uh, Parker Posey was in uh, multiple of his 90s movies. Um, Is there anyone from this cast of, for me at least, complete unknowns who you see sort of popping out? I hope so. Um... I really don't want to see that one, like, lanky pitcher guy again. The crazy transfer guy from Detroit? Yeah, the one who, like... (laughs) The one who looks like Michael Showalter from Wet Hot? Who's, like, yeah, who's, like, a seven-foot-tall Michael Showalter. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, I think, like, if there was only one weak moment in the movie, I think it was probably him. I mean, I think his thing... Like, I think the character is necessary. I just think the performance was poor. Sure. I think he, like, went way too big with it very quickly, and then, like, no one around him was, like, participating in that level of comedy. Right, right. So, but yeah, I mean, I hope to see Jake again, and I really liked Finn. Um, I would say Glenn Powell, who played Finn, um, had enough, was asked to do enough things that were both, like, bullshit in the context of the story and real in the context of the story that it gave me a feeling he might have some chops why don't we uh, move into rating time? And if you don't know how a rating segment works, here's how it works. All movies and most of life can be described with our rating system. The four categories are good, good, bad, bad, good, bad, and bad, good. The first good or bad refers to intellectual quality. The second is pure pleasure. Good, good is easy. Things that make you feel smart and happy, and that for both reasons you'd want to do again. Like watching The Departed, or Jaws, or calling your pal to do a podcast with him. Good, good movies make Noah say... Love that. Bad, bad is easy, too. Things that bring you neither stimulation nor joy. Basically, you just wasted your time. Things like watching White Chicks or Wild Wild West. A conceptual double album of Christian pop punk. Bad, bad movies make Chance say things like... I hated that. 
Good Bad, then, is something you recognize as worthwhile, but not something you enjoy. Schindler's List, Requiem for a Dream, most classical music, eating your goddamn vegetables. Good Bad is about being an adult, and these kinds of movies make no essay. I mean, I'm glad I saw it once, but never again. Conversely, Bad Good is for your thoughtless inner child. It's Cheetos. It's late career Billy Joel. It's movies like Christmas Vacation. Honey? Kids? And Deep Blue Sea. Bad Good movies make chance say, But it failed in such an entertaining way. Got all that? Now buckle up, because you're about to hear an opinion stated as fact. So Noah, do you, um... What is this for you? I think you enjoy this movie, right? So this movie... I mean, so movies are supposed to what take you out of your like horrible life and like bring you bring you into a place and escape for two hours or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but this one. So but this one, I think what makes like a good like a difference between a full escapism and a sort of filmic escapism where you also think about the state of the world is like the the difference between like good, bad and like good, good Mm -hmm. or bad, even bad, good. Um so this one I felt like was not only like a well-made movie for like a, a very limited budget. It was also a movie that reminded me of not only like it, it just had the same like emotion as like my first week of college or like even it reminded me uh, my junior year of college, I moved into a um, the house with these four other people and it was like as rickety as the one portrayed in the film (laughs) and I just remember that day where we're all sort of like establishing our spaces that like made me very nostalgic even for something that you know only happens was less than 10 years ago so I'm gonna have to say that this one was a good good it tugged at my heartstrings and was also just a movie that didn't try too hard to say something. Right. It's just, it was a character study that had conflict scene to scene. It had plot and it had humor and a heart. And what more can we ask for from American cinema than that? <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't say that the, uh, I don't know if I find it to be like top, top tier um, Linklater because it's so laid back. You know, it's uh, the time out. Nothing, nothing is particularly foregrounded about it. Like he, it's a movie about baseball players taking it easy. Uh, brought to you by a former baseball player who's taking it easy. Um, but it does have the uh, incredible Linklater thing that you know his movies have. That like once you're in, you're in. And I don't quite know how he does that. Um, he's not a filmmaker I would describe as like fastidious, but like. He's prepared a universe for you, and once you're in it, you're in it. Um, it's good, it's a good good for me. I would say I would not judge someone for not enjoying this movie because what it asks you fundamentally is, like, want to hang out with these guys? Um, a lot of his movies ask you that, by the way, like, with their characters right. and your closeness to them, but this one is just more explicit, like, want to hang out with these bros? Um, so if you don't want to hang out with them, and, again, there are, like, there are not very many women of substance in this movie until Jake meets uh, his lady in the last like 20 minutes. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you for that, but most people have answered. Yes. I like these guys. Yes. I like this house. Um, and uh, yeah, good, good for me. Yeah. I thought it was interesting when I watched it with, I watched it with three guys and two girls and the three guys loved it. And the two girls had like no idea what just happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, it's it's a a movie that speaks to like what it is to be a guy. So, so, um, yeah, good goods from us. 
Uh, it is on, I don't think it's streaming for free anywhere yet because it only came out in April, but it is on iTunes and rentable. So we'll uh, listen to past episodes of the show on berealguys.com, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play, all your places. Uh, and we'll be back uh, next week with a full episode. Noah Ballard? Sir? Always Chance? a pleasure, my friend. Did I tell you about that thing at the movie theater when I went to see uh, the Woody Allen movie? There was another Chance S. You did, and you told me that you killed him. I murdered him with my bare hands. There could only be one! And I'd like to say hello. To the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, the purple, and yellow. I got bang, bang. A boogie to the boogie, say don't jump the boogie to the bang, bang boogie. Let's rock. You don't stop. Rock the rhythm that'll make your body rock. Now, so far you...